0: Welcome to the Business Renegades podcast. We're dedicated to challenging the status quo. I'm Maria Kreider, a course creator. And I'm Tara Leeson, a business strategist.
1: We provide practical advice and actionable tips to break free from the same strategies.
2: So Lily, what do you do? So I am a, basically I call myself a behavior scientist. Um, I have my master's in applied behavior analysis, which is the study of human behavior, the science of human behavior. And I did that for, I mean, still doing it, but I worked with kids with autism for about five years prior to starting my business and got certified as a health and wellness coach because I have um, a strong nutrition and fitness background and initially started off Working as a health and fitness coach in my business, and then started and then got diagnosed with ADHD and pivoted, just revamped my whole business and decided I'm going to work with ADHDers and teach them habits. So, all in all, I am, I call myself a holistic ADHD coach, but we really truly work on just habits. Habits around wellness, habits around, you know, creating your ideal environment, creating systems, etc.
1: So there's, like, a couple things that I absolutely love about that. It's all of your actual education because so many people, but, like, it's true. So many people in this space, like, say that they do stuff, but they actually have, like, no education behind it. And you have, like, so much education and experience to be, like, actually making a difference for people and, like, thank you knowing what really works.
0: Well, it's because there's, and... like, half a dozen, like, made-believe organizations who have, like, certifications, like, Certified Life Coach and yeah. Certified Breathwork and whatever, but they literally, like, popped up online a year ago,
2: two years yes. ago. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's very confusing as somebody who goes into, ugh, I have a story, I'm not proud of it, but um, theres it's very confusing for somebody who goes into this, just any field, because like Maria said, there's so much information out and everyone's like, yeah, I'll get you certified. Right. And so even when I was looking into my health and wellness certification, like I decided that I'm going to have to redo my whole certification at some point because it's not nationally board certified. I'm board certified. I'm just not nationally board certified, which makes a difference sometimes for like insurance purposes and whatnot, you know? So that was, that was frustrating. I I did so much research and I was like, yeah, awesome. This is, this is going to be great. And then I got certified and I was like, hold on, why does my certificate not say nationally board certified? And they're like, well, um, we do the CEUs for the nationally board certified certifications, but we ourselves don't put out a nationally, we don't give you a nationally board certified certification. You're just a certified health and wellness coach. And I'm like, well, that's kind of trash. Like what? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, you have the logo on your website. They're like, yeah, no, that just means that we put out CEUs. I'm like, well, my life. Okay. So now I have to go and redo it. You know, I don't have to, but I choose to. It makes mm-hmm. a difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little frustrating, right? I totally understand.
0: So what is national? What's the difference between the national board certified and just board certified?
2: right yeah so nationally board certified this is how i understand it is nationally board certified you are certified you have a lot more um you have a lot more coverage and like what's the word i'm looking for um basically if anything happens your your ass is covered for the most part whereas like yes i can still work with insurances if i choose to um and most businesses, if you're working as a health, any any like anybody in the health field, you should get you should get insurance because you never know what can happen. But from what I understand, is the nationally board certified or the national board certification allows you to just do more. It's a better credential. But I know plenty of people who go and just, they're like, I I took the exam, I did the tests, you know, but it wasn't as in depth um, versus what I've experienced with like friends who are, who have the national board certification. Like it's a more, and it's basically almost like getting a degree, it takes like a year. You have a lot of information that you go through. You do a really intensive board exam. Whereas for me, I did everything by myself. I did all of the readings, all of the homework and et cetera. Like I didn't have anybody teach me. And then I took an exam and that was for the most part, it. you know? So I think it's just, um, and I might be wrong, you know, if anybody comes across this, I apologize, but I think that it's just a little bit more in depth and it just covers your butt a little bit more. Yeah, all all. I love that. And I think that
1: it's something... I know a lot of people don't ask for certifications and they are like, oh, no. it doesn't matter about your education. Personally, I think it does. I agree. I think that this is like well, I know Maria. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna play devil's advocate here a little bit. It matters wow. to a degree. Yes. It matters depending on what it is. Obviously, if it's health and wellness, yeah. I want I want wellness advice from somebody who knows actually knows and has the degree and, and did the work and, and like is educated properly. Right. I'm not going to take gut health advice from an Arbon or whatever the hell these companies are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like exactly. from an MLM, if I'm looking at essential oils, I'm not taking advice from young living sales rep. Yeah, like there's, there's a Agreed. difference in, in education level.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And that's, that's what I mean. Like it's, one thing you know to have someone like that try to explain to you what the company's values have instilled in them because that's really all that it is Mm -hmm. and it's a whole nother thing to work with someone who you know has actually gone to school for this has education in it has experience in it like that's just a whole different ballpark you know and I think there's a lot of this, like, don't ask for certifications, don't ask for education, but like,
2: you can. I prefer yeah, that people be, do. I that prefer people ask. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. You know, you, you hit the nail on the head when you're like, a lot of people don't, don't ask. That's almost frustrating to me because I ask. And like, I've talked to my coaches before where I'm like, I feel like i put all of this work into my schooling like i got a bachelor's in psychology i got a master's in psychology i did a health and wellness certification i've been in the field for almost a decade like i put i've done so much research i've put in so much work and people are like yeah i don't care i'm like why then that's why not do you your, not then, care? then that's not your person I agree. I agree. And you're 100% right. Then it's, it's not my person. But then it it worries me, like as somebody who is in the helping field, seeing people go out and just finding any Joe Schmo on Instagram. And they're like, Oh, you say that you, for example, Maria, great example, Airbonne, Arbon, however you say it. I've had so many people who are like, yeah, I'm a wellness coach. And I'm like, but are you? You're not like but are you and then you have people who go through this whole process and then come to us who are certified and we have to basically undo all of this work and like behaviorally speaking that takes so much effort Mm -hmm. that takes so much effort and so much work because when you look at something like um learned behaviors Think about it. If you have learned to practice a particular behavior for like four or five years, it's gonna take you almost double the time to reverse that behavior because you also have to go back to consistency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm I can be the fixer gladly. I will help you and I'll be the fixer, but it's kind of a pain in the ass, honestly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. And I think like working with the right people who really know what they're doing is key. And that's why I think that, you know, asking for these things and like asking for your experience, like what have you actually done in this area um, to be able to talk about this Mm -hmm. and lead people through this. So I want to hear too about your like ADHD journey, because this was something you didn't really like, you didn't really talk about it before. And then I think that you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that you started to notice like a lot of things that you were like second guessing. And you were like, you know, I really think that 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 is me. (laughs) And then you really like went into it, which I love.
2: Yeah, it was a very, um, I kind of want to say it was very sudden. At least it felt like to me, and I know it, Bless the people on Instagram. I know it felt like that to them because I remember I was in just this phase of, I want to make this transition, but I also don't want to confuse people because for like a decade, um, people knew me as this, the fitness girl. I competed in bodybuilding competitions. I posted only fitness content. Um, and then last January, I'm like, so guys, I'm going to do ADHD. And I'm sure everybody was like, what? What? you know and so this started the idea that i might have adhd started back in like uh maybe like 2013 2014 um it was really due to my my undergrad i was going through all my psych courses and i did abnormal psychology and i loved the class and my professor was like okay we want you to pick a disorder and write a <clears throat> excuse me a treatment plan for it and my sister was diagnosed with ADHD at that time. And I was like, okay, this is perfect. I get to ex- I get to learn more about and experience it a little bit more and do a little bit more research. And so I decided to do my project on that, did a lot of work, did a lot of reading, and then just kind of left it at that. Like, it was just kind of, that was it. Um, yeah. And then I went through, you know, you, t- you take all these exams and you have to sit there and study for hours. And I was like, I can't figure out why this is so hard. Like I can't sit sit still and just focus on this one thing, even though I love it. And so this is about like maybe a year, year and a half later, I went to my uh, general practitioner and I was like, Hey, I have ADHD symptoms. And he was like, okay, let's put you on Adderall. Like, okay, cool. Took that for like six like six months-ish, maybe even less, honestly. Um, And it was actually less. It was way less. It was like two months because he was like, well, you don't have a diagnosis, so I can't continue prescribing you Adderall. Not thinking like, maybe I should diagnose you, you know? He (laughs) was just like, can't, can't give you more. So it is what it is. And I was like, okay. And he's like, once you're done with exams, then... We're just going to be done. Like it was literally for, we had decided that it was the only for the use of me being able to take my my exams. And then we, that was the last I have talked about it. I had thought about it. I, anything I had, I haven't looked into it anymore. Um, And then maybe like three-ish, three, four years passed and I meet my husband who has been diagnosed with ADHD since he was seven um been on meds on and off since he was seven. And we, I started looking into it because I was like, oh, let me be the good girlfriend who, you know, helps out, helps out her boyfriend and his understanding and et cetera. Um, and so I started doing all this research and you come across things and you're like, yeah, okay. I feel that. But everybody feels that, you know, I, I hate to say it as a coach now. And like somebody who has degrees, I feel bad saying that like everybody has ADHD symptoms, but I was that person. where I was like, everybody experiences this. And I just kind of brushed it off and didn't think anything of it and continued to learn about it. And then another dead, just phase of quiet. Um, he, he taught me a lot. And then we, 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 Got. I think this was right before we got married. Um, we moved into this new house, and and I'm still struggling keeping m- like mind you, I've had time management issues for my entire life. I just thought I was a chronically late person. I'm like, I just suck at I just suck at life. Like, yeah, right. It's, and <laughs> you think about yep. it, and you're like, you, whatever, <laughs> it's fine. they are going back to plenty of people who have this issue. And we moved into this new house and I started having this, um, this it's, it is an executive dysfunction where I wouldn't close things. Like I wouldn't close sauces. I wouldn't close shampoo bottles. Like I just leave shit open. And it got worse, significantly worse over time to where like, I'd go to shake something and they're just dressing all over the freaking kitchen. And he's like, are you kidding me? (laughs) He's like, dude, can you, what is going on? And he started noticing that like, I was very scatterbrained. Like I, I was that person who was like, I should go get my PhD in neuroscience. Actually. Ooh, I should become a surgeon. No, you know what? I want to work with animals, like animals, like some crazy, just nonsense, just constantly changing what I want to do. And I was in the behavior analysis field at this point. So I loved the field but I wasn't a fan of the fact that I only I only knew autism because that's kind of where the field like grew up and it grew up in autism and then expanded to other areas. And so I was like, man, I'm so bored. Like maybe I just go back to social work. And so I'm just job hopping, like constantly getting fired. Bless one of my managers who was just so understanding of my lateness for like the 3 years I was there. <laughs> and he goes Okay, so you're really crappy at closing things. You're constantly looking at a different job or going back back to school for something, or just so indecisive. Um, eventually, when I would tell stories, he noticed that I couldn't stay on track and like my story. I had to I had to give you background information. You have to know the background information, or else you don't know what's going on. And he's like, just get to the freaking point. You know, like I don't need all that. And he goes you have some kind of executive dysfunction. You should look into that. And I was like, no, no, you're wrong. I don't know. I don't think it's ADHD because in the field of ADHD, ADHD in women versus men is a fairly new discovery. Like a lot of, there are professionals that lack the knowledge of what ADHD looks like in women and girls. Yeah, I don't think it's a lack
0: of like, it's not a new discovery. Yes. It's the lack of acknowledgement.
2: Yes. Yeah. And lack of research that the professionals do specifically for women because they're like, it's a boy's disorder. So boys yeah. get it and boys are diagnosed and we're just going to run with this. Versus let's also look into maybe the girls who are super big talkers, you know, or the girls who can't sit still in their seat instead of just telling us that you need to relax and be nice and you know, be prim and proper because you're a girl, maybe look into that a little bit more, you know? And so it, in, in the psychology field, everything that you learned was what it looked like in boys. And so I never thought, looking back now, it makes no sense to think that way, but I never thought that like a female would have such rough ADHD symptoms. And so I started my business because I was I was constantly experiencing burnout in um, being a clinician in the autism field to where I was on I had horrible anxiety and I would be in and out of depression. And bless my supervisor at that point who was so understanding and actually pushed me into the field to ha- and pushed me to start my business. She was like you're not happy here. I would rather you spread and disseminate the knowledge that you have to another area that you are happy with versus staying in this field and being so burnt out and so exhausted that you can't you can't do your job and so i started my business and at some point i had a client who was female and came in for weight loss and she mentioned that she had adhd she was on adderall etc and i was like well to best help you i need to do some research i kid you not I bought a book called um, Taking Charge of Adult ADHD by Dr. Russell Barkley, and he has, I will forever tell everybody to read this book if you have ADHD or think you have ADHD, because in the back, he has an entire section on the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, and he has specific symptoms for women. And I went through the whole thing, and out of like 150 symptoms, I probably checked off like 140. And I was like, oh my gosh, I should get it. I need to see a doctor. (laughs) And that's when everything just clicked. Like everything made sense. My relationships, my schooling, my life, like the way that I reacted to situations. It was, it was, it just, it just made sense. And so that's when I looked into a diagnosis um, thankfully, I didn't have a long waiting list because those are ridiculous nowadays. But got diagnosed in January, and around that same time, because of her, who's now a friend, she's amazing. Um, because of her, I actually started slowly pivoting into ADHD because, like, I just felt a pull back to narrow divergence. Like, I I had my experience in autism. I worked with some kids who had ADHD, some adolescents who had ADHD. My husband was a big was was just so, what's the word? Like he was just so important in my life and learning about this was so important to me that I just kept going back to it. So I was like, okay, well maybe I should start this. And then I got diagnosed. So I was like, I'm definitely making the switch. It just makes sense. And here we are about a year later, still working with ADHDers, love it. Wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> Very long winded story.
0: <laughs> but let, like, let's take a moment to appreciate the irony. That you literally this entire time have been following the dopamine, which is very ADHD. Thank you.
2: Yes, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I yep. love it. Very much so. Good point out there. I agree <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah. So, how I are totally... you? I'm sorry,
0: oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no,
1: no. I was just going to say, I remember. Back in like last January, when you were deciding to do this, and you like had that struggle, and you were like, "I don't know how I'm going to start talking about it." Yeah. And I was like, yeah. "Just talk about it.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Just do it." And it was and awesome. On, and you're just like, "Carry my it. eyeball out."
0: Are you okay over there? <laughs> I have astigmatism, and I got contacts yesterday, and like, it just feels like a weight in my eyeball. Yep, and I was sitting here rubbing, and as you were talking, my fucking contact popped out.
2: <laughs> yep. Wait until you start getting dry eyes. I I have astigmatism, and I didn't know that for the longest time when I didn't wear wear glasses or contacts for like two years. Plus, the people driving on the road around me, that the lights that shine that just makes I, I didn't know was that like- was it makes I don't know that was astigmatism. I just thought everybody saw yeah. it like that. I was like, Oh, everybody, that's horrible. Why do lights do that? And then I saw like a reel or something on it. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Okay. I know we were talking
1: about this earlier. And I said, that's why, like, I can't wear my contacts at night. I have to wear glasses. I try not to really drive Mm -hmm. a lot at night because it's so bad. Even with my glasses on, it's still just insane
2: yeah 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 okay. That's not just me. I thought that was just no. me. Yeah. I feel no, i th- th- Huberman, I thought I had like a shit prescription or something. I'm like, why does this yeah. still kind of suck? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's okay. just terrible,
0: <laughs> yeah, and so it doesn't help. I mean, I'm not officially diagnosed with a d h d but I follow Huberman, so I watch all of his YouTube videos um and I' like i he's like constantly telling people not to self diagnose himself, but I'm like, look, I identify with that mm-hmm. and that and that and that. And now there's something yep. in my yep. eye and it feels weird and it's bugging me. And I keep rubbing it and it obviously shifts and adjusts and I rub it again. And it shifts and adjusts some more. And then I rub it again and it pops out of my face.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the sensory aspect of that is probably driving you nuts. It really is. It, it yeah. is. Um, can I just say though that I will, obviously I don't, Huberman is, is amazing. His, he has so much knowledge and I am not a peak. ADHD but i have learned that ADHDers who self diagnose their self diagnosis is just as accurate as an actual diagnosis because we do such intense deep dives on the symptoms that we're experiencing mm-hmm. that usually we're accurate you know, so like, I'll yeah. tell people, I'm like, if you go in for a diagnosis, and you're like, in your heart, you know, I have so many of these symptoms, and I experience this struggle, and it's so deep. I know I'm right. And somebody tells you that you're wrong, get a second opinion. Get a second opinion. Because yep. you're probably yep. right. Mm-hmm. I know I've talked to you
1: about this, like so much. And I'm positive that I also have ADHD. Like we've talked about it tons. And we've mm-hmm. talked about like, all the time when you post different stuff. And I'm like, yep, that's also me. (laughs) Like, constantly. And I, same thing, I am totally self-diagnosed. I haven't, like, gone to the doctor about this, but
0: I'm 1,000% sure. Yep. So do you diagnose people, or do you just teach them how to cope?
2: I just teach them how to cope. I wish I could diagnose, because, man we need more diagnosticians out there. Um, But I just teach them how to cope. But I will always say, like, even if you don't have an actual ADHD diagnosis, but you're so sure that you have ADHD, come talk to me. You know, we can, we can either figure out how to get you diagnosed, or we can start putting practices in place and systems in place that help you at least navigate life a little bit easier with a little bit less overwhelm because sometimes the reason that we don't get diagnosed is because of our ADHD. Like the process is so tedious mm-hmm. and there are so many steps to it that we're just like, I'd rather not go through that. I'm just yep. gonna just work work on this as is. And it's there's a benefit to being diagnosed. You know, if you, if you want um, pharmaceutical interventions, They make a difference, you know, and you can't get that without having a diagnosis. But if you don't, by all means, you know, talk to somebody who can help figure out the systems so you can at least start kind of feeling a little bit less overwhelmed, a little bit better.
0: Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to a business owner, an entrepreneur, solopreneur who is struggling? Like what, like, where do we start? Because I go yeah. down all the rabbit
2: holes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, few things. Um, don't if you find something that works, stick to it for at least a few months. Because we go down so many rabbit holes, we constantly have these amazing ideas. Write them down. Keep a running list of things that you really think could benefit at some, could benefit your business at some point, but don't pivot from what is working. I've been there and it just causes more stress because then you go down more rabbit holes, and before you know it, you've changed things in your business like six different times, and everybody's like, I don't get it. (laughs) Yes. There you go. There you go. I keep, I love it. Bright ideas, little, get yourself a cute notebook, you know, use. If you're a digital person, use a tablet, use OneNote, use I use the notes app in my phone. I have like 500 notes that I'll go yep. and clean out every so often. Um start there, just gather I, I call them brain dumps. Just brain dump whatever you can and stick to a particular plan for a few months. And then if it's not working, then you can pivot. And then on top of that, start small. Like we're such big picture people that sometimes we forget to look at the smaller picture Mm -hmm. and take those small steps towards that bigger goal. And that reduces a lot of overwhelm. So if you're looking to start a business or you're already in your business and you just have all of these ideas going, start small, keep your brain dump, you know, maybe have somebody also hold you accountable if you can. That's why coaches are amazing, I'm a huge proponent of coaches, it's like get your, get yourself somebody, get yourself somebody. And if you can't afford a coach, have a friend hold you accountable. Um, there have been plenty of studies that show that things like public posting, like posting on social media or telling a friend is, does a lot. And it really, really helps because you still have that accountability. So yeah, find, find your people, find your people. That makes a huge difference. Um, I think those would probably be probably be the biggest two, to at least reduce some of the overwhelm when you're starting because there's so much that happens. Um, you know, you I, Maria, do you have a business? I, yeah,
0: yeah, okay. so i'm a, I'm a course creator and I, I create courses for coaches. And what's nice. funny is that this notebook, i I get all these ideas and like all these random thoughts that pop into my head. and it usually happens like after dark. Like yep. Once everybody starts yep. to settle down, it's like my brain revs up. Yep. <laughs> so I've literally built out course outlines for people, not my clients, mm-hmm. just this person popped into my head, Tara, for example. And I'm like, oh, you know, Tara should create this course. And I will outline the shit out of it. And like, here's the bones to the course that you need to create, but I'm not going to give it to you because you didn't ask me for it. Right. So, <laughs> did you create? Did you
2: create me one? no no not for you specifically Tara's like can i have
1: that yeah.
2: so but, can
1: you pass that over
2: but i have
0: i've created outlines for people that i'm like oh this person is really good at what they do like they should do this and like this could be that and like develop programs without even being asked to do it and so i just wrote it down and like put it away because it's a great Love fucking it. idea i don't want it to go to waste yeah maybe Love one day that. they'll dm me yeah
2: exactly.
1: My problem is I, I do that and I write down tons of stuff, but I also have like five running notebooks. Yep. (laughs) So that's my biggest issue is that they're all in different places. I literally probably have at least five going on right now.
0: Well, I got this binder, this notebook from five below. Is it, is it called Five Below?
2: That makes sense why it looks
0: so familiar. It's fucking huge.
2: Love it. <laughs>
0: and it has literally all of my bright ideas.
2: And I've flagged I'm, some of the pages. I'm impressed that you stayed with one notebook because I similar... No, no. Is that no.
0: <laughs> all of my bright ideas that I come up with that I think would be helpful for somebody else are in here. But I have a lot of notebooks for
2: like Fair. random shit. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Okay. So this is very. This is so common. I always tell people to compartmentalize. Like, fine. I'm. I'm a big paper and pencil person. Yeah. But I have recently also switched over to just using my Google Drive for everything because I can take it with me. So I have a running list of business ideas. Because, like you, Maria, and probably most other ADHDers, the second my head hits the pillow, I'm like, oh, I should put this as a service. I should start this kind. I should create a course. I should change, like, just so many things. And although I don't sleep with my phone next to my bed, I will either jot it down on like a post it that's next to my bed yep. and then transfer it over to Google Drive. So if for some reason, I'm out and about and I'm like, ooh, I have an idea to add to this particular thing. I can just pull it up and add it in there, you know? Um, because eventually you start losing things when you have so many notebooks. I have Google Docs too.
0: Yes. I shouldn't even I have admit a love hate. I have a love hate <laughs> relationship with Google Docs. Like if, if I'm not I using know. it for like current client work, I don't want to use it.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I really only use Google. Okay, I lied. Actually, I started using Google Docs a little bit more frequently. um, Because that's, I was only using it for client check ins. And then recently, I'm like, okay, well, I've become a little bit obsessed with like, organizing my Google Drive and making sure that everything is very easy in case I ever get, you know, like an assistant or something like that. So I can just be like, here you go. These are all the folders, and the folders have folders, and those and those folders have folders, and those. And you can just kind of, good God, you know, no. Click... Oh, girl, <laughs> I sat down for an entire weekend and redid my entire Google Drive.
0: No, and it's, I'd rather get a root canal.
1: Me, <laughs> someday, someday I should probably do that because mine's a mess. No one would know how to get to anything. Not that and I bad. have, I work with a VA, but she doesn't, um, She does not do that yet. I guess when I get her to do like OBM stuff, probably I will have to organize that because Mm. if she went in there right now, she would be like, I'm not doing this. (laughs) It would just be like, no.
2: The beauty, the beauty is you can just search things too. I'm just, I'm not a search person. No. I don't know why. I,
0: so I have like, I don't know if it's photographic memory or maybe, I don't know. But, mm-hmm. like, I can tell you where something is specifically, what it's located next to. The last time somebody touched it, like, it's the same for my pantry, my cupboards, the refrigerator, this notebook. I could tell you what page, you know, Dre's course is in.
2: That's I pretty I could awesome.
0: T- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I, so like my brain is literally like a search engine for all the crap.
2: (laughs) You're like, I don't, I don't need to have things organized because I'll just tell you where it is. Yeah.
1: I used to do that when I studied in university, I would be able to like, it was really weird, like pull up my notes almost in my head and like go through them. Yeah. But that's the only thing that I do it for. Me too. I don't do it for anything else. (laughs)
2: I'm the same way. Yeah. Like I can do it with my notes. Granted, they have to be, they have to be a little colorful for me to remember that. Like, I know some people are like, well, I can read the book and I can tell you exactly what page it was on, what paragraph, et cetera, that I can't do. But if my notes have some color to it, then I can be like, okay, I can remember the color in my head and see the words, but with everything else, no. (laughs)
1: That's interesting. See, I thought that was just like a weird thing that I did. And I was like, I don't even want to tell anyone about this because I think that it's super weird. I used to do that, though. I would color code everything and different courses would be different colors. So then I
2: knew which notes I was looking at. (laughs) I think it's part of like the visual learning aspect. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. a lot of visual learners who are like, I need things to be a particular color because yeah. it just makes it easier for me to remember. makes it easier for me to pay attention. And also when you look at like behaviorally, when you look at, for example, what we call prompts or like cues in your environment When I set that up for clients, we make sure that they stick out. So we make sure that we use colors, that we move it from place to place frequently. So if it's in one place for too long, you're not getting, it's not becoming what we call a neutral stimulus. Like it's not, Mm -hmm. you're not getting used to it. You move it. So then your eyes have to, and your brain have to remember, oh, this is no longer like, I'm not looking through it. I have to continue to look at it because it's a new space. You know, so in new space, it's a different color. Maybe the font is different, etc. So it definitely makes sense for visual learners. I've heard that a lot where they're like, I need the colors. I need, I needed mm-hmm. to look a particular way for me to remember.
1: Yeah. So when people come to work with you, like what are they usually
2: searching for? What are they looking for? Either to create structure. Well, generally to create structure and reduce some of the overwhelm in life. Um, I do have people who come to me and they're like, I just want to learn healthier habits. And I'm like, cool. That's something, gladly, because that's something that I incorporate with ADHDers anyways. Um, There's been a lot of research that shows that, you know, what we eat makes a huge difference in our brain. You know, Mm -hmm. the way that we feed ourselves makes a huge difference. Exercising or not makes a huge difference. So I look a lot at that. But then I also look at your environment. Um, your environment really, truly does set you up for success. And so we'll look at things like how to re- how to increase task initiation, reduce procrastination, work on time management, um, you know, things like that. So Maria, you look like you have a question.
0: How do you increase task initiation? <laughs> oh, girl, that's a whole... <laughs>
2: that's a whole process in itself i will say that okay um but to start i would recommend looking into um let me see if i can i always forget the name of it goodness it's called CIMA, c i m a a and it was actually created for adhders and it allows you to since we work off of dopamine it allows you to um basically create emotion around tasks. So it stands for connect, imagine. Whoa, Google, you're not helping me out here. Uh, motivate, act, and achieve. And so like there's this whole, that it's kind of a process, but it allows you to create emotion around the task so you're more excited and more motivated to start on the task. I will also often tell my clients to do something small that's super like, uneffortful to start gaining momentum. If we can gain momentum for like five to 10 minutes, then generally we feel pretty good about continuing on with additional tasks. Sometimes the reason that we don't initiate tasks going back to small steps is because the step is, it's just too big. And we're like, well, either I'm not going to succeed at this, which then goes back to our self-limiting beliefs that were likely reinforced in childhood. or i'm i'm not going to do well we we get in our heads. So there is a lot of kind there're kind of a lot of different steps that you can take to improving task initiation. But my first one would be if you can break it down and then create emotion and excitement around doing this task, get some accountability, those would probably be like the top the top 3. But then it actually goes back to like Doing right sometimes mm-hmm. we let we're like we have all of these but I'm still not doing then you have accountability just tell somebody hey I'm gonna have this done in the next three hours and then give yourself either a reinforcement a reinforcer or a punisher and for my ADHDers I love that in behavior analysis we don't condone punishment off the bat I will just preface with that but for my ADHDers, punishment works because they cheat themselves out of reinforcement. They're like, well, I can get my Starbucks anytime. Why do I have to reinforce myself with Starbucks, right? Or I can put $5 in my bank account um, anytime I want. Why do I have to use this as a reinforcer? But if you tell somebody, hey, I'm gonna pay you 50 bucks if I don't finish this task by this time, you're gonna finish the damn task because who wants to pay somebody $50? You know, and I've done that for myself. I've done that for my clients. I've gotten people to exercise consistently simply because they didn't want to donate to particular politicians. (laughs) Like this person's not getting my money. (laughs) I am making it to the gym and that shit works, you know? (laughs) So make sure you have something that's either rewarding or punishing you for either doing the task or not doing the task. That's a really, really big one that people oftentimes overlook everything in our life is generally reinforced or punished. That's why we either continue to do it or we stop doing it. So if you start incorporating that, even if you don't have the small breakdown or the momentum going before that, you're generally going to gonna want to get some shit done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing.
2: I, I love that. That, that is funny. so funny. That's the biggest so, one I use. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. politician. Who do you not want to donate to? I have, (laughs)
0: that's so funny because, okay, so I have, um, they're essentially baby monitors downstairs in the house because I I need to be able to watch my kids when I'm working. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And this morning, my one of my cameras had been moved. And so I got up on the kitchen counter on top of the refrigerator and I readjusted and I put it back and I left my phone on. I was like, you know what? I need to do the dishes. So I left the camera, the baby monitor thing on my phone so I can watch the video. Did, like, two coffee mugs because I needed a coffee mug today. I made, went and brewed coffee. I'm like, if I get all these dishes done, like, if I wash my coffee mug, then I can have coffee versus dirtying another coffee mug. And while I was already there doing the the dishes, the literally washed two coffee mugs, I was like, I need to do the rest of these.
2: Yep. And, like... (laughs)
0: There's proof that I did it because the baby monitor saw me do it.
2: (laughs) I love Mm -hmm. it. Can I just point out, you just used what we call pre-med principle. First I do this, then I do this. Or if I do this, then I do this. That is another really good one to use if you can, if you're disciplined enough to hold yourself accountable for it. Kind of going back to reinforcement, some people are like, well the then quote unquote portion of that, I'm just going to do it anyways. So why, what's the point, right? But if you're disciplined enough to just say, okay, I ref- I will not turn on the show until I finish this task I'm gonna lock myself in a room until that's done, then I can go watch it. It's a great tool. Mm-hmm. It's a great, and going back to, if you're a visual person, write it on a sheet of paper. You know, now you have a reference and it's there. And if anybody ever sees it, they're like, oh, did you do this? I did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a a motivation behind that. Like, yes, I get my coffee. Once my coffee cup is clean, then I can get coffee. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. My worst thing is
1: I, I get off track too easy, especially when I'm trying to like work on the computer because I, I cannot shut my million tabs that I have open. Like, God forbid I shut any of them because, like, that might help. But that's (laughs) not happening. So I have, like, 20 tabs across, at least, across my computer. But then because I can see them, I'm like, fuck, I need to check my email now. Fuck, I need to check this. I need to check that. Like, oh, what's happening here? And then I can't...
0: My focus is, like... (laughs) non-existent <laughs> you know yeah. where I messed up was in getting two monitors
1: yeah no I couldn't handle that that would be like but I, I can't go, go back to one
2: that. I can't go back I to can't much. go, go like, back to one does it doesn't make sense now <laughs> <laughs> um have you thought about using a separate window for one task while having a window for just all of your tabs that you don't close out you start a new, you start a new one every time you have a new task, you know, or I mean to start a new window every time you have a new task, but if, cause I'm the same, I'm the same way. I'm that person who has like 50 tabs open and then I'm like, Ooh, I forgot that I have to do this. And so I'm jumping from task to task. Wow. But if I have a window open for my one task that I'm doing right this second, and I have the other one minimized. I don't think about it as much. Another thing that I like to do is, um, I call it the, I call it the 10 second rule where you take, you can go anywhere from like 10 to 15 seconds to think about whether like, just as you're about to start going to another task, think about, okay, is this something that, has to do with this current task that I'm doing right now, because it might be important. You know, like sometimes things pop into our head and we're like, oh, yes, this pertains to, I don't know, this outline that I'm creating. And I remember that I have to email this person and that's okay. But if you take some time and allow your brain to just take a second to think about, this is what I have to do, or this is what Mm -hmm. I want to do. Eventually you'll come to mostly usually come to the realization that this is something that I want to do because the task that I'm doing is kind of boring right now. Right. And so then I go to my brain dump sheet and I'm like, okay, going to put this on my to-do list to do after I finish this. But the only way that I can get this quote unquote exciting task, because sometimes it's not even that exciting. It's just a different task. um, The only way that I can do that is if I finish this one task. You know, so it's utilizing your brain dumps, but also giving your brain like just a minute or like a few seconds to think about whether you absolutely have to do this mm-hmm. or whether you want to do this. And that's something that like for my clients personally has worked. Yes, there's an awareness that comes, that comes, that it comes with, um, but it it just having that break makes such a huge difference in whether you're going to start a new task. Or finish the one that you're doing, you know? Yeah, that's.
1: (laughs) Well, I, yeah, I definitely need to use that and like start writing things down because. I feel like, yeah, I just have too many thoughts at once. And then I'm like, oh, shit, now I have to get that done because I can't I can't not do it now or else I'll forget. But then I forget what I was initially doing. And I'm like, holy shit. And then I'm way off task before I even realize
2: Yes, because that that second task that you started sets you off on, you know, another journey of thoughts that set you off for another journey of thoughts. And before you know it, you're researching, like, dolphins. You're like, what the fuck? Like, how That's did so I get true. here? How do you
0: put the brakes on your brain? Like, just to get yourself to slow the fuck up. I mean, I, how else do you describe it? You're going at 150 miles an hour. Like, there's no fucking control. The pilots jumped off the plane, like... <laughs>
2: yeah, How do we just put the e break Timers. Yeah. Like, if you... This is such a... um. God, I'm so bad with words today. I was going to say cliche. I don't think cliche is the word that I'm going for. It's just such a basic <laughs> solution, but people don't want to utilize them because they're like, well, what do I need a time f- timer for? I'm an adult. And I'm like, because if I don't set a timer, thank you. If I don't set a timer to say that I have, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for the stupid task that I have to do. I'm going to want to do 50 other things. Mm -hmm. You you know, as opposed to setting a timer that tells you, okay, you have five minutes left, just five minutes. All you have to do is just finish this task, five minutes. And then you can do whatever you want. You know, sometimes we have, yes, it's, there is, there's a, dopamine plays into it serotonin plays into it we have so many neural connections constantly firing all the time that it gets so overwhelming but if you have almost like a cue that tells you this is what you're doing right now literally nothing else matters this is the only thing that you're doing right now it makes it so much easier and then reducing visual cues like a lot of people for example in their office and myself sometimes included um, I have so much shit on my table, yep. you know, like there are things everywhere. And so you look to the left and you're like, darn, I should have read the article. You look to the right, you're like, oh my gosh, I have to pay a bill, right? Versus starting off your space every morning with, I'm going to just take everything off, start with a clean slate and tell yourself, setting a timer to clean all of this off. Cause I go into hyper-focus modes with cleaning. I end up cleaning like my entire house before I know yes. it. And so it just goes back to like honoring the timer, you know, set a timer. I'm going to work for this amount of time, whatever thoughts come to my brain, write them down, right. Go back to the task. If you can see a light at the end of the tunnel, you can see that you have, you're not going to be doing this for like another three hours. It makes it so much easier to calm down that and really deep breaths, honestly, it allows you to just, if you take like three deep breaths, it allows your uh, oxygen to flow to your brain. So you can just calm your nervous system and you're not as jittery and hyper and your brain's all over the place. Um, so yeah, timers and, and, and breaths make a difference.
1: And it's funny that you talk <laughs> about like how, how much shit you have on your desk. Are you feeling called out? out? <laughs> I will send you a picture, both of you after we are done this because <laughs> shit's wild. Like,
0: <laughs> so I imagine it's so much here. right now. I don't know who shared this, but it's a puck timer. I saw it, I don't know, probably on Instagram, probably in Reels. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I need one of those. Because I Mm -hmm. have a timer on my phone, and I used to set it. But the problem is, I set the timer on my phone, and then my phone's already in my hand, so it's just so much easier to hop on Instagram or whatever and go down some other fucking rabbit hole. Yep. And the Alexa behind me, the uh, Amazon device... Mm -hmm. I don't really use half the time. I forget she's there until she starts talking back to me. <laughs> <laughs> this I one it. I got and like specifically put it just off my camera screen or uh, computer screen. Mm-hmm. And I know just to tap it and I get 10 minutes.
2: Yep. Yep. That's an awesome one. Also there's um, the visual timer that I have. It's on a, it's a kid's timer, but it works mm-hmm. if you're a visual person. Um, you can get one that has the numbers backwards so they don't go clockwise they go counterclockwise so you can't do the math in your head of how long you have left all you do is look at it and you're like okay i'm just w- i'm just waiting until you know the red disappears and i've heard of from some of my adhd clients they prefer that one versus the one that i have that goes clockwise for me, it's indifferent. I, I'm indifferent. I'm like, I just need the visual of seeing the red disappear. Cause it's like reinforcing versus the time going down. Mm-hmm. So that's another, that's another option for people who are more visual or tend to like take time to do the math of like, okay, I started at this time and I'm at this time, I have this many more minutes left. Cause then before <laughs> you know it, sometimes you're, that's another rabbit hole that ends up, I don't know, somehow causing nonsense in your brain. <laughs> so <laughs> right? my hack is the
0: setting on the back, it's set to eco. So you can see, I set it to 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Cause like, uh-huh. I just need a few seconds to get in the zone. Yes. And then it fades to black. So you can't see it anymore. Ooh. And then it beeps at the end of the time. Do you get that like right the beep, 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 beep. So okay. that interrupts you. And I think where that came from was in middle school. I had a teacher who was set like, two minutes, five minutes, Mm -hmm. 10 minutes for every task. Like these lessons only last a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And I got so used to like that beep that I need this.
2: I love it. I love it. And it, it really does help. Like when I, and it's kind of, it almost gives you that like Pomodoro feel where you, you know, you work for a certain amount of time, then you allow yourself a break. Then you work for another certain amount of time, you allow yourself a break and that I've done those before. And I have a friend who's like very, she's so structured with it. She loves it. Um, and they help so much. Once you get into the, into practice, you know, Mm -hmm. initially starting it, you're like, Oh, this is so much structure. Do I want that? But then you try it and you're like, I love the, um, I love the fact that I'll explain Pomodoro in a second for those, um, who aren't fully sure. Um, you just end up realizing that you love the the structured aspect of it. It's basically the idea of working in increments. Mm -hmm. So some people will do, um, like, I'm going to work for 10 minutes and then have a five-minute break and then do another 10 minutes and five-minute break. Some people are like, I'm going to work for 30 minutes and do a 10-minute break, you know? But it because ADHDers tend to really hyper-focus on things and we sit for really long periods of time, we forget doing things, simple everyday tasks like drinking water, going to the bathroom, eating. Yeah, like it's important for us to make sure that we get all of that in because it's it, it's health, you know, like it's self-care. Your brain isn't going to function as well if you're freaking hungry. And we don't think about that until we're like famished and we're like, oh my gosh, this makes sense. I'm just exhausted. No wonder I'm so scatterbrained. I haven't eaten in like six hours, you know? Whereas if you have a Pomodoro going, you're working for 30 minutes. And then, then you have a 10 minute break to reinforce yourself with, I don't know, maybe a show, a little bit of Instagram, some food, some water, take a bathroom break, walk around, it gives you time to refresh before going back into a task. And those yeah. help a lot kind of going back to, you know, getting oxygen to the brain and just refocusing game changer. As long as you're um, also setting a timer for your breaks. Cause it's very easy to, to say, I'm going to take a break. And then four <laughs> hours later, I- you're like, I cleaned the whole house. <laughs> you know, been there, done that. That's it's cool. not great. <laughs>
1: That's so funny, though, especially, like, talking about the whole eating thing and stuff. Like, I'm also, you know, a fitness coach, and I say, Mm -hmm. like, you should have meals throughout the day and da-da-da. But I had to actually schedule lunch into my day because I can legit just sit here and not even think about it. And it's just because I get so into whatever that I don't even – It just doesn't even cross my mind, and then it'll be like four o'clock, and I'll be like, "What in the hell? I haven't eaten since breakfast. Like, why am I starving?"
2: Yes, and you don't even realize that you're starving until you happen to think about it, and you're like, "Yeah, that's what that feeling is." Yeah, (laughs) that's that's my stomach telling me I need food. (laughs) You know, like yeah, we procrastinate on everything, including going to the bathroom and drinking water and eating. Yep. Like yep. me right
0: now, I'm sitting here shaking in my seat.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> woman! Should, can
0: I like throw money. you a
2: snack through Zoom? Like,
0: this is my life. This is how I operate. Yep. And for like, not the longest, but like here in the last year or so, I thought it was because like, my humic design is I'm a man in gen, manifesting generator. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I get so in the zone, hyper-focused on something that I forget mm-hmm. to drink water and eat and go to the bathroom until I... Absolutely have to.
2: Yes. Yep. Very ADHD of you. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. That's <is> so <laughs> funny. All right. Well, this was so so good. I love this conversation. So many. I feel like there's so many good tips and like takeaways and just things that people can generally relate to.
0: You know, I will if link you're feeling like this. I will link everything that Lily mentioned in the episode description or in the, the show notes.
2: Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I yeah. love the flow of this. You hop on so many podcasts and everyone's like, okay, oh, hey, we're going to like do like an interview style, mm-hmm. but I love like the flow of conversation. Just mm-hmm. it's nice. It's a nice refresher. I love it. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. So where me. can we find you? Um, let's see. So Instagram is probably the biggest one. I'm at it's Lilia. I T S S L I L I Y A A. Uh, um, and then I'm I have a TikTok. It's the same username. I'm kind of in and out with it. Not the best place to reach me. Um, so Instagram probably would be. And then also my website. It is a little bit un- under construction. Um, it's published, but. I'm Sure, somebody would pop on there and be like, Why do you have like half a sentence for this? So, just as long as you, you're aware, uh, my website is well info goodness. That's that's an email if you guys want to contact me. Um, website is wellnessmantra.org, www, obviously, but wellnessmantra.org. So,
1: yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was a great conversation. And yeah, we'll link everything below so that everyone can get a hold of Lily for all of your ADHD stuff.
2: Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This was a good time.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Renegades podcast, where we challenge the status
0: quo and explore new ways of doing business. Our vision is to help you become a successful renegade entrepreneur. So if you have any questions or would like additional support, slide into our DMs. We can't wait to hear from you. Until next time.